brands that drive greater emotion and greater love with customers they always get a higher organic return on their business what we focus on is how do you better understand the relationship and make it feel like you're creating a message that's meant just for them customers want to be spoken to in a way that makes them feel special Welcome to another episode of Speak Like a CEO. My guest today is Pranav Ahuja at Zeno. He's the co-founder and CEO, and he's based in New Delhi. Hey, Pranav, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Oliver. You're based in New Delhi, India, but you have a Berlin connection as well. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2018, we went through the Techstars program in Berlin, uh, spent three months there, one of the most amazing cities in the world. uh would love to be back there anytime soon uh but glad that we're having this conversation reminds me a lot of my time in berlin yeah no i'm really really happy and uh, shout out to jack saying who made the introduction i was just really should talk to pranav because he's a great communicator but what you do at zeno is also closely linked to communication so can you tell us a little bit about zeno and what what how, what the link is to communications so at zeno we're building a customer engagement platform for omni channel retailers uh and what we enable each business to do uh is understand each and every individual customer and figure out how to do relevant communication with each and every individual customer right and that's the core tenant of what we do because typically most brands are doing like a batch and blast kind of communication where every single customer gets the same communication right what we focus on is how do you better understand the relationship with each customer mm-hmm. and make it feel like you're creating a message that's meant just for them right and and that's core of what we do at zeno for our customers yeah i mean that's fascinating because a lot of companies especially those direct to consumer companies have a lot of customers right thousands or tens of thousands of customers what they want to do is communicate at scale with them um but do it in a personalized way as you said so that seems to me like you know fantastic way forward could you give give us an example of you know a company uh, even anonymized if you like um and and what that means for them and what they what they achieve with that approach so for example uh, we have a company that sells uh, dog products right and cat products uh, and pet lovers really care about their customers right um so we enable them for example to do simple things like reaching out to each customer on their pet's birthday uh, to understanding that you know uh, you've ordered for example pedigree for your pet and based on the size of pedigree you've ordered it's going to actually run out in 14 days uh so we are automatically going to send you like a reminder after 14 days but if you bought a larger size of pedigree maybe the reminder will come to you after 4 weeks versus uh you know if you had a cat and you were buying a different kind of product that would last for 3 months so in essence it's no longer a sales pitch but more like a conversation with the customer where we are interacting with the customer based on what their need from the brand is right and making them feel special um right and helping them celebrate their kids best moments their cat and dogs best moments yeah. so those are just a few examples that came to the top of my yeah list. amazing and is that via email or via whatsapp or direct messages or how how do you do that uh this is um via literally any channel so that's one of the most powerful things about zeno that you can do this via text message email uh whatsapp uh which of course is very big uh in countries like india the middle east and southeast asia uh regions that were present and also uh on facebook and instagram right so even though facebook and instagram are like one to many channels where typically you are running ads to millions of customers 
but we allow a brand for example if you have 2000 customers whose pedigree is about to run out in the next one week you can actually show them an ad on instagram or on facebook every time they're uh, scrolling through reminding them to buy pedigree right so that's one of the very interesting ways in which we allow brands to communicate to customers on a one to one basis yeah it makes sense so it's not about winning new customers it's about retaining the customers and increasing the lifetime value of them right absolutely and what do companies see who work with you do they see an uptick in revenue do they see more frequent purchases so how how do you measure success so um each customer measures success slightly differently based on the metrics that internally matter to them uh, but few of the really simple ones are the amount of incremental revenue we're able to drive from campaigns uh, so let's say because we have a customer base that already loves our brand some of them will come back organically uh, so we try and measure how much incremental business we're able to generate by running these personalized communications uh second is how is our customer frequency improved over time how often are customers ordering with our business uh how how has their atv changed over a period of time uh if i had new customers uh how soon do they come back and make their second purchase how many of them make a second purchase if i have customers who haven't interacted with my business for over one year how many of them can i reactivate uh, which we call dormant reactivation so those are just a few examples of the metrics that uh, brands improve with zeno yeah got it and how do you um what have you learned communicating with you know probably tens of thousands of more customers and individualized messages what what does that tell you about communications and maybe also the psychology behind it Yeah so i think uh, we've been lucky uh, in india we have massive populations right so our partner brands communicate to over hundreds of millions of customers through our platform every month wow uh, and at, at that scale what we realize right is one first and foremost uh, people want to resonate with emotions right uh, what we've seen is uh, and this is very unrelated to zeno as a platform but brands that drive greater emotion and greater love with customers they always get a higher organic return on their business so connecting to human emotions is super critical and the way somebody feels about a brand right uh, i literally remember working with two companies where i thought their products were equally good but when one company ran a campaign they would get double the conversion rate versus the other company because perception matters not reality right and how you feel about the products that you're using from that particular brand so that's been one very big macro learning uh second um what we've realized which is very specific to zeno and what we enable for our customers if you just send everybody a message for example that hey we have a sale everybody knows this is a communication that's not meant for me and that becomes a turn off right just like it is for you and for me and we keep getting bombarded with these text messages and emails that we don't want but the moment we get like a delightful communication that we feel is meant for us like some of the examples that i sh- just shared about the pet brand uh those communications get higher conversion rates and brands uh get more customers coming back to their stores and to their websites which tells me one thing right customers want to be spoken to in a way that makes them feel special that makes them feel like we actually made an effort to get to know them so connecting on emotions and creating that feeling and second making every individual customer feel special would uh, be i think the two learnings at a very high level from a communication perspective i love that let's drill down a little deeper 
because sometimes we get messages from brands who try to be emotional and maybe they, they even elicit an emotion, but not the right one because we become cynical about their attempt to appeal to our emotions because we, we see through it, right? So I guess it has to be done in a clever way. But how, how do you do that? What's the right way to elicit emotion? What's the wrong way to elicit emotions? Ooh, that, that, that's a very deep topic and we can probably talk about it for a while. Uh, but um, I think... Um, I'll give you an example, right? So there was this brand uh, who started sending me communications on WhatsApp and every second day I'd keep getting a discount, right? The first time I remember uh, they sent me a communication for a discount, I was like really excited. I clicked through, I went and I checked out their website. Now I just zone out because I know if I don't shop from this communication, there's going to be another one coming every few days. Um, and one of the mistakes that we make is we realize this is a certain kind of communication that's resonating with our customers and we start overusing it, right? And which is where uh, the good intent, which customers were resonating with that was delivering good results for your business over a period of time becomes bad, right? Um, we have a famous pizza brand in India. They would run like a weekly one plus one offer and their brand got linked so much to that, that over a period of time, they had to reinvent their brand, reinvent their communication to distance themselves from it once they reach scale, right? Obviously, it helped them in the short run, but in the long term, they made different decisions uh, to put their brand in a more successful position to scale. Uh, so I think uh, what happens is every brand starts with the right intentions. Everybody wants to communicate with the right intentions to their customers. They want to communicate things that they believe their customers will want. But once they see something starts working, they start over-utilizing it and re-repeating the same things maybe too many times, right? And our human brains zone out from the same message over and over again uh, or start associating the brand only with that message, whereas uh, the brand might want a much broader appeal. So I think not reutilizing the same kind of communication multiple times is one of the things that I'd suggest from a brand who wants to communicate to their customers and keep connecting with them over a long period of time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I would add one to that, which is probably um, communicating at eye level, because sometimes you have the impression that, uh, you know, someone's just trying to push your buttons emotionally. And of course, you know, I, you know, we're in the business, so we understand that, but I think other customers understand it equally. And then it turns around and rather than hearing something or connecting emotionally with the brand, it's, it's, it turns into the opposite. Absolutely. Um, because it's, it's too obvious. It's like, it feels like a marketing scheme that is even cleverer, which makes it even more detestable, right? To, to a lot of people. So I think, how, how do you do that in practice? I mean, do you have really good copywriters? Is it, is it testing with small samples? How do you go about before you send it out, you know, send out individualized messages to hundreds of millions of customers? And there must be process, you know, just click send, right? So I think we work with large, well-established brands who have great copywriters already in their team who understand the emotion and the language of their customers. But how we supplement that is one of the strong points about our platform is how it allows a marketer to understand each and every individual customer at in-depth detail. So for example, we can understand that Oliver is a customer that maybe likes t-shirts, specifically white t-shirts. Right. Pranav, on the other hand, might be a customer who likes shirts. Uh, a third customer maybe likes to buy dresses. A fourth customer likes to buy women's tops. 
this is just clothing right what if i'm a brand that's selling both clothing and beauty products uh, and the kinds of complexities are really endless right uh, i could be a customer who's a full price buyer another customer who's a discount seeker uh, some customer who only shops during a sale period where there's like a 40% discount another customer is only coming in when a new collection just launches because they want to have the latest product so like that each customer is giving you so many signals about what they want and who they are and we allow the brand to use those insights to make the communications more relevant but the copywriting is done by the amazing copywriters at the brands that we work with yeah okay that that makes a lot of sense thank you and do you think um you know this approach travels internationally or do you do you think you know there's a cultural element to it as well i think this core approach is about basic human principles right and basic human emotions and what we resonate with yeah uh, and we've seen this we already work with companies across india uh, six countries in the middle east uh, multiple countries across southeast asia so we can already see that this is working in over 10 countries uh, based on our current experiences and based on my conversations uh, with other businesses this also works in the us and european markets right so at a high level these core principles are really the same across the entire world yeah i, I would agree with that and i think that why hasn't it been done until now is just the technology wasn't there right it was just it was not that marketers and, and copywriters didn't know that it's better to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation rather than a one-to-many conversation but they didn't have the tools right so i think this has been a topic for the last 15 years and different technologies have been built marketers have been trying different solutions uh, and there is continuously a lot of improvement right but i think underlying a lot of this change is related to people uh, and one of the biggest changes i've seen which covid is driving is cxos at these large companies are now more interested in data driven communication uh, on being digital first right and and that has increased spend focus time and energy towards projects like this so even though some technology has been there in bits and pieces marketers have always failed at this uh, of course there are certain specific problems we realized in the market uh, that marketers are really facing where even with lots of technology you have many point solutions and you ultimately have to try and figure out how to make it all work together and that becomes a pain right and you just want to get to the results as fast as possible uh, which is where we came up with a solution specifically built just for one industry uh, end to end where on a singular platform they can achieve everything from understanding their customers behavior to using those insights to run more personalized communications with one tenth the effort right so I'd say technology always existed uh, people did not have the focus on it and second if they wanted to do it it would just practically take so much effort to do it on ground that they would become lazy and not do it because <laughs> as human beings, we're also lazy by default, right? <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, okay. Thank, thanks for, you know, that, that wasn't clear to me. And uh, you mentioned COVID. I wanted to ask you, I mean, Xeno is growing fast throughout COVID. So your team is growing as well. So could you speak to, you know, you building the company and hiring many more people and how, how big your team is now, but if you could fill us in and then tell us, you know, uh, what does that mean for your internal systems, for your internal communications? Yeah. So when COVID hit, right, uh, we had near zero money in our bank account. Uh, we had a team that we couldn't afford, right? Uh, unfortunately, we had to part ways with a few people at that time 
but one of the most magical things happened at that moment right uh our entire team united around zeno's vision and what we were looking to build and everybody chose to make a sacrifice and commit their time and energy when they weren't sure how much money they're going to make for it how they're going to get paid how soon they're going to get paid how soon their compensation is going to grow again and uh of course we rewarded them in different ways uh with higher amounts of equity in the company but uh i think one of the most magical things right which is almost unexplainable happened where people chose to work at zeno at like an average 85% pay cut for 3 months some people chose to work on a zero salary for 3 months and of course the most important reason why that happened is they were great people uh but the second is they really really believed in what we were doing at zeno right and they felt that if they take this bet something amazing is going to be there for them at the end of it right and i think what's been amazing right is how a singular alignment on a vision on a singular goal that we set at that time led us to like over achieve on the results that we thought we could possibly achieve in the next one year uh it led to everybody's compensation who took that bet increasing radically where we have people making more than three times some people even four times the amount of money as what they were making two years ago uh before covid uh and they have grown through that time right so that's been a really special experience uh but i'd say from a purely communication perspective that started from getting everybody to buy in on a singular zeno vision why that zeno's vision is going to work and then aligning the entire company around a singular goal to drive uh everybody towards that vision yeah perfect and and how big is the team right now right now we're slightly over 50 people uh and 50 people yeah and that scaled rapidly where at the start of the year we were about 20 people wow so more than doubled uh, in in about 9 months so what does that do to your internal systems do you still know everyone is it a different communica- internal communications setup you have now yeah so of course uh we know everybody but the difference is uh not just that we've gone from 20 to 50 people but now we're doing this in a remote world uh and we're a remote first company uh and the biggest change that we've noticed is instead of the founders becoming the representatives of the company now team leaders are the representatives of the company in front of more than half the team as we speak today right uh and that means the way you communicate has to really evolve uh the level at which we need to empower team leaders the level at which we need to train them to become better communicators is radically different and and these were things that were very unexpected which hit us as a surprise and we were wondering what's going wrong uh and then we started realizing and that required us putting different systems in place right uh trying to create standardized systems and standardized structures to enable team leaders to do one on one conversations uh with the people who were reporting to them to do better performance reviews enabling each and every individual person to have their own personalized growth path and driving that through team leaders uh right uh, driving core company messages and driving alignment to the company's vision through team leaders so that's been a whole exercise that we're working through i'd still say we're still working through it but these have been some of the learnings and few of the things that we've gotten right through this journey so if if a paraphrase is it 
that you hired people obviously as team leaders or, or promoted people as team leaders, but there was no communication system. So they did things as they thought they were right, like <clears throat> review meetings, one-on-ones, et cetera, customer communication. And then you put some more standardized and uh, communication in place plus training, I would, I would suppose, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And um, you you mentioned um, values and, and culture as well. So I wanted to ask you about that because I heard you had some very interesting uh, behaviors um, at Zeno. Yeah, I think uh, so. We just spoke about building systems, right? And building systems always takes time. But when you don't have systems, what you have are cultural principles because that's how everybody knows the company should work. That's how everybody knows they should take actions, whether it's team leaders or anybody else within the company, right? And one of the key areas we've invested in has been company culture. Uh, so we follow something that we call We Win, uh, which is winning together, enjoy the journey. Winning starts from partner wins, innovate to solve problems and never settle, right? And these principles uh, define how we work together with each other every single day. And that then becomes, you know, when there is no rule or there is no system, you know that you just don't innovate randomly or just build cool solutions. Everybody knows if you're innovating, you first identify the problem, you go in depth and then you solve it, right? Uh, when we say never settle, what we really mean is uh, you don't just, uh, you know, try you do your best and you go the extra way to deliver the best possible product or to achieve your sales goal. And those are core principles that everybody absorbs across the company to run, right? And on the other end, we say enjoy the journey because there's no point doing all of this if you're not having fun while doing it, right? That's so right. Because the end result, when you each achieve, each achieve one goal, you'll want to achieve a bigger goal and a bigger goal and a bigger goal. And that's a never ending journey. Uh, so if you are only getting satisfaction from achieving a goal, then there's something wrong. You need to have fun while you're chasing those big goals and chasing those big ambitions as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you also identified clarity as one of the main drivers of clear communication, obviously, and, and uh, achieving those objectives. Absolutely. Right. Uh, because as a team size scales um, and one of the other things that happened is Everybody started running in different directions. Each team had their own goals and they started running in separate directions. And when you sit three months later or six months later and you realize how much have we truly moved the needle as a company, you realize not as much as we wanted. Uh, and aligning everybody to a singular vision, creating clarity for everybody about what we're really trying to do as a company uh, is radically important, right? And this led us to even change our North Star metric as a company from MRR, which is super key for any SaaS company to becoming active product users, right? And because one of the core initiatives we wanted to do was drive higher product usage. And that involves everybody across the entire company coming together versus in MRR, there's just a higher influence of certain parts of the company, right? So defining a North Star metric that involves the entire company and every single person in the company has a role to play it for us to grow that North Star metric. Uh, helped everybody get clarity in terms of what matters, right? And defining what's most important, what's not as important, uh, what's the pathway we're going to take to get there, uh, what are some of the key projects we're going to work on, what are some of the key changes we're going to work on. So um, that's one of the areas where we invest a lot, where every quarter we get the entire company together 
and we sit down for a few hours and walk everybody through what's happening across the company and that's something that we've noticed is really powerful especially as a remote company to create that clarity and alignment that we were talking about yeah it's so important because um i think that's where a lot of um startups have an issue with they they come up with a north star but it doesn't really it's often too complicated and then people don't really talk about it so it's not top of mind and i, I would argue that's probably what you do that th three months sort of in detail that's great but you probably do it in between as well so you as the sort of chief repetition officer absolutely we said every monday evening and we review our north star metric and all the other things that matter across the company at our weekly town hall right and everybody across the entire company gets like a document from the team leaders describing what's moving what's going well what's not going well across the key metrics for the company and of course that starts from the north star metric right and yeah. it's very simple um you know if it's the right thing you want people to remember you just have to keep recommunicating it over and over and over and over and over again that's the only way people remember it otherwise people have so many things going on in their mind that it's very easy for them to forget about it absolutely and um i want to switch gear and talk about external again because i noticed that you're quite quite active you have blogs you have reports marketing calendar you go on podcasts you had your own podcast for a while so you clearly you and zeno are clearly very active so what role does that external communication play for the growth of the business very important right uh me and my co-founder right uh, our linkedin accounts are external representations of the company all the other marketing examples you gave are external representations of the company right uh, and like we were speaking about at the start of the conversation it's perception that matters and not reality right uh, if people feel like you're having a great time if people feel like the company is growing well they just assume the company is doing well and great things are happening and they want to work with that company right they want to everybody wants to work with a company that's doing well uh, and i think by communicating one of the most core focuses for us is controlling our own narrative and versus depending on other traditional pr channels using social media uh, we feel like we can control our own narrative right and tell our own stories and talk about what really matters to our customers right one of the most important things we do is like a community newsletter called zeno pulse and that is a newsletter for crm marketers retention marketers at retail companies or d2c brands and they don't get access to information like that right it's a curated newsletter with some of our own content some content from everywhere else across the world but i've had so many marketers write to me saying you know i love reading this and we are also internally shocked sometimes why the kind of open rates we get on those communications and even though this is quite a niche community we have like thousands of subscribers uh, who literally read that newsletter every single week so the focus for us is even through our marketing right how do we add value to our customers and to our potential customers how do we create content that they actually want to receive uh and second uh is you know how do we tell them more about what's the story and what's internally happening as a company with our people with our products uh, all the other innovations that we're doing right uh but the underlying principle is always just like with our product we try to be helpful to businesses and help them do better customer engagement how can we help them do that even through our marketing and extend that further and that's the principle that we follow and so far uh, you know touchwood it's been working decently well for us 
Yeah, and, and I mean, this is brilliant because um, you obviously have a community of people who engage with you, but they're also your potential customers, of course. So that's that's exactly that sweet spot you want to be in. So I, I wonder how you get thousands of people to sign up to the newsletter in the first place, though. Is it through the social media content? And just is that basically the funnel you've built that there's more uh, sort of open communication on, on, on various channels that leads to the email subscription? Yeah, so a, a lot of it uh, happens through social media, right? Uh, I think organically we've built a decently strong social media presence, especially on LinkedIn where our target customers are present uh, over a period of time and we get a lot of subscribers from there. Uh, additionally, um, when our sales teams or our marketing teams also have conversations with customers, they tell them about the community and uh, they also sign up through that. So as a combination of social media marketing plus one-to-one -one conversations is how people end up signing yeah. up for the community. Amazing. I wanted to ask about fundraising as well. So if my, <clears throat> my facts are correct, you raised in 2018 and in 2022, so this year. Um, what was the difference? Because it's slightly different worlds we live in, right? Absolutely. I think in 2018, we were actually even building a different product at that time. And Jag, who introduced us... Uh, We're thankful that he took a bet on us. Uh, I feel like when we went to Techstars, we learned what it actually takes to build a company. Uh, but when we raised in 2022, it was very different, right? Because we had a product that was working. The business was scaling really fast. And we wanted to raise capital to help us accelerate our business. Uh, and those conversations were very, very different because... We started wanting to raise a certain amount of money. Uh, ultimately, we got, I think, five over 5x five the amount of commitment for the amount of money we originally wanted to raise. Uh, luckily, we had a lot of choice because, uh, as we know, the, the market at that particular point of time was very hot, right? Uh, everybody wanted to invest. Uh, we had great metrics, great logos, great results for those customers. Uh, the company story uh, felt like it was really solid. Uh, And we were lucky to get inbound interest from a lot of investors where one investor that we spoke to referred us to another investor. Uh, so in my head, uh, I had prior experience for a previous product that I was building fundraising and we struggled to raise money. Uh, and when we went back to the market, uh, I thought it's going to be the same thing, right? But then I actually realized there was a very big difference, right? When We tried raising money in 2017, uh, late 2017, early 2018. We really struggled because we hadn't really figured out the business, right? We ourselves weren't fully convinced how this is going to become a really large company. But in 2022, there was no doubt in our heads and we were internally so comfortable with what we're doing and why this is going to work that I feel that level of confidence probably also came across through our conversations. Um, And we obviously had data points to back it up. So what I realized is if you have a great business, it's actually much easier than you realize to fundraise. If the business isn't doing as well, it might be the hardest thing in the world to do, right? And you can try enough, but you might fail. So in reality, it goes back to a very basic principle of how your business is doing. But there was also a second very interesting learning, which is related to communication, right? Um, it's one that perception matters, not reality that matters. So how do people perceive your business? Second, who actually makes the introduction to them, right? So if somebody's investing in Zeno and they tell another investor, hey, I'm investing money in this company, you should also talk to them. 
the likelihood that they will invest is like probably five times higher, right? Uh, and that's something that we noticed where towards the end of the round, just because of the people who were investing, other people were keen to invest, right? Almost without knowing much about the business, they were keen to come in and invest within the company. Uh, and that's where I realized who you have on your cap table is a really big signal. Uh, and what they say about your company is a really big signal. Uh, because in communication, right, one is what you say. But what matters even more is what do other people say about you, right? Your references matter even more. Uh, and that that was one very big learning I had during the fundraise process. That is a fantastic closing statement. <laughs> I love that, Pranav. Um, but as a last question, I always ask, you know, what's your what's your most valuable communications advice? If you can top what you just said, that'd be brilliant. But if not, I'm I'm grateful for any any other insight you've gained in recent years because I think you, you're really at the pulse of uh, you know marketing communications. I'd say trust. Like if you communicate something, you also have to deliver on it, right? And when you repeat that cycle again and again, trust is something that compounds. Uh, and trust, people only trust your communication if you also back it up, right? So this advice might not be directly linked to communication, but it's a loop, right? That whatever you promise, you should deliver on. And if you can keep doing that over and over again, you yeah. build a reputation. Every time you communicate something, people trust you more and they trust you more and they trust you more. And when people are trusting you and listening to you, that's the most important thing because then every single word that you say matters, right? If I don't trust you, no matter how knowledgeable you are, it doesn't matter because every single thing I communicate to you, you'll be like, it's crap. But if you trust a person and they even sell you crap, you'll buy it, right? So that's why I feel like trust is one of the most underlying principles that's super critical in communication and maybe many other things in life. I totally agree. And, and Jack and I uh, write a section about trust in, in, in our forthcoming book because we believe it is, it is, as you said, it's the under the underlying principle, especially in fundraising at the beginning when you don't have a lot to show for. And I think we also make a point about that any piece of communication you put out to potential investors, but also customers in the wider world should be, it should aim to increase trust. And exactly what you just said, one of that, um, you know, you, you can't promise things you can't keep. You have to, um, uh, live up to what you, what you, what you said or you wrote and also think about what others are saying about you, i.e. people discard what we say about ourselves. So I say, Oh, we're building a fantastic company. Of course you would say that, wouldn't you? So what others are saying and whether people trust those people, your endorsers and your ambassadors, you know, that becomes so important. Absolutely. Well, Pranav, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, it's been been really insightful and really interesting uh, about marketing communication, but also your wider insights into building a company at this day and age and uh, the challenges, but also the opportunities that technology and even COVID have offered. So thank you. That's That's been really, really interesting. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, see you next week. And thank you, Pranav, and um, all the best for your next steps. No, perfect. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Oliver. It was a pleasure and I'm very looking forward to yours and Jag's book coming out really soon. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. So thanks for it. And uh, yeah, see you